0: Welcome back to this week's episode of a little bit unglamorous. I'm your host Erica Renee and I'm here with my coffee mug of me, era's tour Erica's version, my pumpkin spice latte that is now lukewarm because it's 4:30 pm. <laughs> so still good though. Um, can we take a minute for my nails? I'm kind of obsessed with them one side is like a hot pink and the other side is like a hot fuchsia. I am kind of obsessed with the whole different color on each side of the hand but slightly similar. I just think it's so fun and a good way to send off summer. Also I can't get over how quiet and amazing this audio quality sounds. I... I have to refrain from mentioning it every episode, I swear, because for the longest time that little noise was driving me so insane, but we are a work in progress, so we can only only go up from here. So it is Monday. Today is Labor Day. We had a nice three-day weekend. I feel like every weekend should be a three-day weekend. If I run for president, three-day weekends, every weekend vote for me. Another purchase I'm really excited about. I wish you could see it in the frame, but I'll back up a little bit for a second. It's probably not the greatest on camera, but I am obsessed with these Lululemon Align. First of all, the Align fabric, they have bodysuits now. And I made the mistake of going into the store and trying one on I swear, every time I walk into that store, I get sucked into buying something. I dropped off some shorts like a month ago and needed to pick them up to be hemmed. And I made the mistake of trying on this piece and I walked out with it and now I want more. And don't you just hate it when expensive things are actually worth the price because now I can't go back. I have all of these Amazon jumpsuits, but there's just something about, there's just something about this one that I'm obsessed with and I need them all. So great. So that was an exciting part of my weekend. (laughs) Actually, no, I was really excited to get up and have coffee and just relax and set out on my porch. And I finally perfected this pumpkin spice latte at home recipe. I'm trying to go to Starbucks less. Actually, I was really good the whole last year. I didn't really go too often. Um, I typically make coffee at home now, but I went and I did get the first pumpkin spice latte of the season. Actually, it was the pumpkin cold brew that I got that cold foam. So good. I think I got it the first day it released. And... Instantly, I wanted to try to figure out how to make my own, so I feel like I perfected it. It's pretty dang good, if I do say so myself. Another hobby that I'm trying to pick up, I just ordered stuff to make my own bread. <laughs> I feel like I'm last on the train. Everybody tried this during COVID, but my boyfriend actually does it, and it is so good. It really does make a difference. It's not hard. It's slightly time-consuming just because you had to let the dough rise, but... It's so much healthier for you, and it tastes so much better. So I bought the bread pans and the active yeast, and that's coming next week. So we're going to be baking bread. I always joke that I'm not the best cook, but in reality, I'm not half bad. I just have never had the opportunity, someone to cook for, slash the will, (laughs) I guess. And now I'm just really into it. I love finding things on the internet, especially recipes from different cultures. Like I tried Gochujang pasta and now it's one of my regular staples it's actually so easy to make different cultures comfort foods fascinate me so if you have a comfort food that you love and it's not something that's too common outside of your culture I would love to hear it and I would love to try it let me know. Today this weekend is actually a nice sunny weekend and now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't really leave the house too much. <laughs> today I got ready and I put on this new outfit that I instantly hand washed when I got it, dried it overnight and had to wear it today. I put on a full face of makeup and I haven't gone anywhere today. I'm actually been sitting here while I was prepping my notes for the podcast just thinking about what I want to eat for dinner. <laughs> Does anybody else do that? Especially halfway through your day at work, you're just thinking to yourself, What am I going to eat for dinner later? And I'm craving one of those frozen pizzas. Vaughn's has their own, I think it's the Signature Select brand, just your regular generic brand pizza for like four bucks, maybe even cheaper. And it's actually really good. So I feel like I might get one of those later. But this weekend, um, I think I left the house. Well, I left the house to go to Lululemon <laughs> one. And then I met up with one of my girlfriends for lunch, which was a lot of fun. And I was craving this sandwich store. And I looked it up. It's apparently not a chain. But if you live in San Diego, it's called Rubicon Deli. And I know they used to have one in Mission Beach that I loved when I originally moved over by the beach years and years ago. It's since closed, but they have one in La Jolla and I think over in Mission Hills and they randomly have another location in Reno, Nevada. And I think that's it, but they're very like gourmet sandwiches that are overpriced for sure, but delicious. And if you get the whole sandwich, it's just, it's practically a loaf of bread and it can easily be two meals. And I must be hungry right now because (laughs) that's all I can think about because I ended up getting the half sandwich and I immediately saw how disappointed the size was in comparison to the full size and I'm still craving it. Okay, so moving off of food (laughs) and we're going to go straight into pop culture. And I wanted to talk about a movie I watched um, the other day that had a lot of hype around it, but I must be the last one on the train. But it was Don't Worry Darling with Florence Hoog, Harry Styles, and Olivia Wilde, who apparently directed it. And I remember hearing talks of when this was filming. I feel like it wasn't too long ago, but if I remember correctly, the credit said It was 2021 that it was filming or came out. I could be wrong, but it's on Netflix. So I gave it a go and I was watching it and I thought, wow, the scenery is so pretty. It looks so familiar. It looks exactly like downtown Palm Springs. And sure enough, it was filmed in downtown Palm Springs. And really, there is nowhere prettier than the Coachella Valley. Uh, Every time I see it in a movie, which it's a popular filming location for many movies because of how gorgeous it is, and if you've been following me for a while, you know that I have, so I have these like frames in the background, I'm totally outing myself right now because I feel like most people won't be aware of this, but the frames have had the standard just whatever comes with it in them since I got them for I want to say five years now and I'm looking over to my left and I have this frame that has a sideways child on it at the beach and <laughs> And I just really have been meaning to (laughs) take the placeholders out and put actual photographs in them, but I just never got around to it. And then B also couldn't decide what I wanted. I think I'm going to go with black and white photos of a mix between the beach and Palm Springs. So I think it'll be fun. And I saw a bunch of prints on Etsy for cheap, so I could change them out. So that's on my to-do list. Hopefully... Maybe one day you'll actually see photos in the frames, but until now, we're just gonna roll with what we got. So looping back to the actual movie, I was surprised at how good it was. Um, I had no idea what the plot was or anything like that going into the movie, but it really surprised me. It was like a plot twist at the end. It's basically about an experimental society And everyone is dressed in old school 50s apparel. You see the old cars and it's the very typical, the wife stays at home, waves goodbye to the husband who goes off to work every day. And it was when I watched the movie and saw the plot twist, I immediately started it over and watched it again just so I could see all of the little hints that I missed on and i definitely recommend it it was a great movie and i feel like uh, i don't want to give away too much so i won't say my opinion of what could have made it better but i instantly thought of oh it would be so much better if this turned out to be the case and then in my mind i was thinking okay that would have made the movie so much more psychotic Uh, my brain is just (laughs) maybe i shouldn't admit that i thought of that but watch the movie. It's great. It's on Netflix. Harry Styles looks great. I was scrolling on Instagram earlier, and I follow Carson Daly on Instagram, and he's my favorite. He was an old-school TRL VJ, and I've just followed his career. He hosts a lot of... He's hosted a lot of things. I believe The Voice, and among many others, but he's had a really awesome long-standing career. But I didn't know that he got his start at a radio station in L.A., I believe, KROC. Um, And so I saw he posted on his story today that the lead singer from Smash Mouth, Steve Harrell, had passed away, and I was so shocked because they have just had their resurgence, I feel, especially with the Shrek movies, the all-star song, even the newer kids and the newer generation know and love that song, and that was a popular song that came out in my generation, but apparently he had passed just recently, I probably today actually as I'm filming this, and I did not realize He was in hospice. I believe he had kept it all in private and he was going through liver failure. I read that he had dealt with some tragic things. His son apparently passed in 2001 and he had a lot of up and downs. Speaking of rock music, I feel I need to give this update because <laughs> I my boyfriend told me something last week that didn't make it make the cut quite and I felt bad and he said, "Oh, I know it's not your audience, but" this one actually is interesting i think i've mentioned it before but the new festival that's going to be taking place called power trip it's going to be held in the coachella valley at the indio polo grounds and it's supposed to be kind of the equivalent of coachella fest but for the rock genre and that's happening in october i believe it's october 6 7 and 8 and you can do the whole weekend pass, do the car camping and all that stuff, much like Coachella. And so the major headliners of this show, even my dad was talking about it. So it's going to be Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest, Metallica, and Tool. And I know originally Ozzy Osbourne was also supposed to be a headliner, and I was talking about it with my mom and my boyfriend as well. And both were really surprised because they felt, oh, this has got to be his last hurrah because he's getting quite a bit older. And I know because he (laughs) had some wild drug use days and that's putting it very lightly that he is now kind of paying the price now that he's getting older. I, I believe he has Parkinson's and it's been steadily getting worse. But he ended up dropping out. For health reasons, I believe. tickets are about 600 a pop for the whole weekend, which I feel like I, I believe are on par with Coachella. I also read, and this is really funny, that Fire Festival is gonna be back. And if you don't remember this, um, a few years ago, Fire Festival was announced and it was supposed to be this elite celebrity, expensive, concert music concert that was going to be held on a private island and only the most elite could go and it was very much advertised that way very exclusive you were in the in crowd if you went to this festival and it was funny because a whole bunch of very privileged rich kids bought tickets to this festival And it turned out to be a complete disaster, and they were advertising luxury camping, catered food, and then they got there and they were staying in disaster tents. The food was like a piece of bread and a slice of cheese, and the internet loved it. It was the most dangerous situation ever. There's no bathrooms, nothing, and they all couldn't get off this private island. But the internet was loving it, and they were cracking up because everybody loves to see when the rich come down to our level and see something tragic and terrible happen to them. So anyway, I do not know how this is even humanly possible because the man who organized the event actually went to jail and was prosecuted for it he the same man who was convicted is announcing that fire festival 2 is coming and (laughs) i looked up the price of tickets just for shits and giggles and they're about five hundred dollars a pop for the whole weekend which is cheaper than power trips so does anybody want to (laughs) go while we're on the topic of touring another popular band the Jonas Brothers have been touring as well. I believe it's their reunion tour. I've actually heard a lot of things about them lately. I know they did a Jonas Brothers like it was like a private flight for all of Jonas Brothers fans that flew them to a location and then fans got to do a meet and greet with them and I think spend the weekend with them or something. Anyway, so they are also on tour right now. And I remember one of my friends hit me up. And I actually know a lot of people that were diehard Jonas fans. I feel like Jonas fan, I feel like the Jonas brothers was the equivalent of NSYNC for the slightly newer generation NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. And then it was Jonas brothers, One Direction those were the equivalent boy bands so they're currently on tour I think their tickets are a lot more affordable however and I, I feel like now that I'm on the concert train I feel like nothing will ever live up to Taylor Swift era's tour but now I'm on the concert train and I feel like yeah I'd go see him but I saw an article today that said Joe Jonas who I believe you know I don't even want to say it because I don't know which Jonas he is I think he might be the oldest Jonas him and his wife, Sophie Turner, are reportedly splitting. And I didn't, I don't know much about Sophie. I believe she's an actress and I think she's from the UK. And I recently was watching, again, Netflix like I normally do in my free time. And they have a comedy roast on Netflix. And I know all of the wives also put in their bits for the comedy, and it was really funny. So I got to see Sophie Turner for the first time on that show, and she seemed really funny. And she's really tall. <laughs> this is super random. But apparently, they're married four years. Allegedly, might be splitting, which is really sad to see. You already know my favorite. Jonas couple is Nick and Priyanka I just think they are so cool they have a I think it's a 10 year age gap Priyanka was a beauty queen they have a kid together they are looking so cute going so strong so I really hope that these rumors about Joe and Sophie are not true I've also seen Drake in the news a lot lately, and now that I'm mentioning it, I'm thinking about the whole podcast drama with that TikTok star, Bobby. She created this podcast, and she became famous on TikTok for basically her very dry personality. She has this dry, monotone persona, and she that's her, like, thing, and anyway, so I guess she got the attention of Drake and was able to interview him. And I guess he was he is currently touring and she flew out, did this interview. The podcast interview was up on YouTube, monetized, and it was like a really big deal because the podcast was like three episodes and I don't know how she got such a famous celebrity on it. Anyway, so rumors were swirling because suddenly the podcast was taken down and apparently it was taken down because Drake had copyright striked it and people were wondering why it was her most viewed podcast made her a lot of money. Why would she take it down unless Drake was threatening legal? Well, the rumor is that he had tried to hook up with her and she declined him and he got salty and then copyright struck the video but anyway the article i saw wasn't about that but (laughs) that i just thought of that and realized i had never talked about it but that's definitely interesting but i've seen a couple of articles of drake lately at his concerts and the one i saw recently and the one i saw recently says drake gives a fan in las vegas fifty thousand dollars After seeing a sign that read, the fan spent his furniture money on tickets, which I think is wild because a few weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago, I also saw another article about Drake giving away a Birkin bag at a concert. I believe he was at least smart and had security escort the people out after that. Like, can you imagine having stupid money like that? Just, oh, here's 50K. Taylor Swift gave all of her people on tour over 100K bonuses. Like, stupid money. Saw another article that was really wholesome, and it's about Shaq. And I saw an article that was talking about his new shoe line with Walmart, Apparently, he walked away from Reebok and a $40 million deal with them to go with Walmart so kids could have more affordable shoes. And he was talking about this in an interview in 2021 because they were asking him about his reasoning for going with Walmart. And apparently, a mom of one of his fans approached him and basically said, they couldn't afford to purchase his shoes. So at that moment he decided to leave Reebok. He apparently had brought some designers from Reebok to help design his shoes so they would look more upscale and they cost about $20 a pair and reportedly sold 400 million pairs at launch. In other news, the 2000s are back. Timberland, Nelly Furtado, and Justin Timberlake all over united for a new single and it dropped on September 1st, which was on Friday. And I actually didn't hear a lot of news about this. I saw the article posted and I wrote it down because I wanted to talk about it. And I realized that I hadn't heard anything about this single. So I Googled it really quick and I listened to it on Spotify before filming this. And it's nearly a three minute long song. And it's actually really good. It sounds exactly like old school Nelly Furtado and Timbaland and... If you don't remember, Nelly Furtado was on top of the world. When her and Timberland collabed, all of their songs were number one. And then out of nowhere, she disappeared. And apparently she decided to have a family and raise her kids out of the spotlight, which I can respect. And I hope now she'll create more music and come back into the limelight because everything she created was gold. Drew Barrymore's new talk show has been in the news a lot lately, and I saw the episode with her interviewing Jeanette McCurdy, who was a child star on, was she Disney or Nickelodeon? I believe she was Nickelodeon, and she was in iCarly and had a spinoff show with Ariana Grande, and in her book, she wrote a lot about her resentment towards Ariana Grande and her career. And apparently, she had a very abusive mother, and she wrote a book, and it's called I'm Glad My Mom's Dead. And it has gained a lot of notoriety. And apparently, she hasn't really done too many interviews, I believe, regarding the book. Um, I know I was listening to Josh Peck's podcast, and they were saying that they got to be one of the first to interview her, and then apparently, after the interview, she changed her mind. and Her team said, no, you can't air it. So they never got to put the podcast up. But sorry, Josh, Drew Barrymore got to interview her. And she went on the show and she talked about the book. And it was, I didn't, I only saw clips from the interview, I should specify. But I really felt like Drew was able to relate with Jeanette because she was also a childhood star that went through a lot of trauma. Drew Barrymore was a drug addict at like 13, maybe even younger, and had dealt with a lot of trauma and so did Jeanette. So watching the interview was actually very wholesome because Jeanette said that she felt so comfortable with Drew and that is normally not the case when you're in an interview environment. But apparently, on a recent episode of her talk show, a person in the audience stormed the stage and went up to Drew. And Drew was thinking, oh, it's a fan. And it turned out to be a person that was stalking her. This person. Bum-rushed the stage and said, you know who I am. And Drew looked terrified and immediately beelined it off stage. And in the clips, you can totally see when she realizes, oh, shit, this is a scary situation and gets up and leaves. And I believe the person who was sitting next to her went into like, protection mode, which I thought was really cool, but Drew's talk shows actually turned out to be really good. I used to love talk shows like back in the day, Oprah, Ricky Lake was my favorite. I miss Ricky Lake, and I think these days it's so hard to replicate talk shows just get canceled so quickly, but I think Drew's is actually doing really well. So Kylie Jenner filed a trademark to trademark her first name, Kylie, for a number of business adventures that she wants to do, like books and magazines, etc. And I know a few years ago, she tried to do this out as well. And Kylie Minogue said, "Uh uh-uh, absolutely not. You're not... You don't own the name Kylie. You are not the first notable person to rise to fame with this name, which is true. (laughs) Like, she does not own the name Kylie, but she's trying to. Um, And I think it's really funny because I don't under... I don't remember what happened the first time, but obviously she dropped the trademark because Kylie Minogue, I don't know if she was suing her. She basically countered that trademark so it couldn't go through because it would obviously hurt her brand. She has a whole album called Kylie, (laughs) but apparently Kylie Jenner does not care. She has filed the trademark again, and I'm intrigued to see if it will actually go through and what Kylie Minogue will say. How do you feel about that? Do you think Kylie Jenner should have the right to trademark her own own name or do you side with Kylie Minogue? She doesn't own the name Kylie. The next thing I wanna talk about is a Netflix show that I have been obsessed with for a few seasons. It's good old fashioned trash TV. You know I love me some good trash TV and my favorite trash TV to watch while I'm by myself, is all of these dating shows, you name it, I love it, Love is Blind, Married at First Sight, but my new guilty pleasure is The Ultimatum, and The Ultimatum came out with a second season, I believe it's actually a third rendition of the show, but the second show was called the ultimatum queer edition and then now they have the ultimatum 2. So I've watched all of them and this last weekend I binged watch the entire new season. I was so early to it that they even held the reunion for a couple days because the show had just released. So I'm going to warn you right now, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear spoilers about the ultimatum 2, pause, pause, watch it and come back because I'm gonna get into it I want to get into all the couples and I have thoughts I was jotting things down as I was watching it because like most of these shows they are so outrageous (laughs) and we're gonna get into it first of all Nick and Jessica (gasps) oh my god Oh my god, I can't believe I always, ah, it's like a Freudian slip because I always remember Nick and Jessica on Newlyweds in the 2000s. Nick and Vanessa Lachey are back as hosts and they actually were fairly decent hosts. I know people (laughs) were complaining how terrible they were, but they are back. They did a decent job. It felt like also on this season the couples were actually trying to make their relationships work which compared to other seasons they kind of lived it up and did everything possible to just humanly destroy their relationship on coming back to it so this season felt like they were actually trying to work on things um, and learn things from their new paired partners so if you're not familiar with the show basically it's as the title suggests It's called The Ultimatum, and it's a couple that goes on the show. One person wants to get engaged. The other does not. So they decide what better way to decide this. Let's take you on a TV show and make you date other people. And then at the end of it, you can decide if you want to leave with me, maybe this other person or maybe nobody. So it's as outrageous as it sounds. Um, this season was pretty good if you're gonna watch any of them watch the queer season it's by far my favorite and I also think they were all filmed in San Diego so while I'm watching it I always think it's fun to see if I can tell where exactly the couples are at on the scene but I have some notes on all of the couples almost all of them so the first couple Ryan and James so Ryan is this gorgeous southern belle beautiful she looks like a pageant girl just so humble and just the girl next door beautiful and they've been dating I believe since they were 16 um so they've been together it was like seven or nine years or something crazy and this man didn't know if she was the one (laughs) I'm sorry sir but after seven years you don't know she's the one girl I wanted to strangle her through the screen and say, leave this man, leave this man immediately. She's smoking hot. Just the most adorable girl. (sighs) Southern Belle. He literally has the perfect woman and wasn't sure if she was it. And that just makes me so mad for her. You just know that this person's going to take her for granted for the rest of her life. (sighs) The next couple, Kat and Alex, I actually don't have any notes for them, so they must have not been that memorable. Either that or they probably have a great relationship and weren't that interesting, but we're going to skip to Roxanne and Antonio. Roxanne was this very career-oriented, very aggressive woman who knows what she wants and it was not marriage. She wanted to focus on her career and that's cool. But the thing that irked me about her is in the show, she emphasized that her man was financially not on her level and he needed to step it up and He was like this golden retriever man who just wanted her approval and wanted to start a business and prove to her that he can be goal-oriented and financially be on a level that she felt was good enough for her, I guess, because she had businesses that were successful. So she expected her partner to also do the same, which is fair, but then maybe you should be dating somebody who has those things instead of finding somebody and then saying hey to be good enough for me you need to do this this and this you know so the funny thing about this relationship and spoiler alert they end up getting engaged at the end and she's legitimately crying has tears coming through her eyes but you could just tell the reason why she was crying was not because she was so excited for this moment It was more of, oh my God, am I about to say yes right now? Uh, I I guess I have to say yes. I'm like stuck in this moment and oh, I'm so scared to say yes. And I kind of don't want to, but I'm going to do it anyway. And even in the montage of them walking away, she said, I guess I'm engaged now, but I have my doubts. (laughs) And I just thought that was so sad. And I just felt so bad for him because she just basically told the world that he doesn't make enough money and she makes more money than him and she basically holds his balls in her pocket. So on the reunion show, he actually had launched a business, a successful one, and I believe he bought a car wash or a chain of car washes and had this deal with dealerships or detailing And it was a newer business, and even then, so he had gone and done this awesome thing, but it still wasn't good enough for her because the business wasn't making a bunch of money yet. On the reunion, she admits that she took the ring off, like, the next day because she didn't believe in wearing rings. And his response to this... (laughs) was he bought her another ring like a set and she pulled out the box on the reunion and was showing the rings which are freaking gorgeous by the way and she just said she didn't believe in wearing a ring which is fine like some couples are that way they think oh you know I don't need a ring whatever but you could physically see on his face that it hurt him So if it's hurting your partner, why the hell would you do that? You know, like, so with that being said, I feel like maybe you should be with somebody who's more progressive and on the same page as you because also at the reunion, even though she was engaged, not wearing the ring, she also said, oh yeah, getting married is not really in the forefront of my mind. So it's like, (laughs) what? What? The next couple um, I want to talk about is Lisa and Brian. So they actually were not on the show very long. They left pretty much immediately because I guess um, she took a pregnancy test and found out she was having a baby. So they left. and But I want to talk about them because, because they made an impression on the show, even the small amount of time they were there, because Lisa... Acted cray cray when she saw her man talking to another girl, which is fair. I mean, (laughs) nobody wants to see their man talking to somebody else, but in the whole realm of what they signed up for, she was acting, she was acting wild. (laughs) She was wilding out, lost her damn mind, and called another girl on the show a Hooters bitch which is funny because she herself had also worked at Hooters. And (laughs) on the reunion show, um, she was asked if she felt bad about that. And she replied, I don't feel bad about that. And she was starting to get aggressive to the other girl in the show, who is named Raya. Raya and Trey, who I also Don't have any notes on because I guess they probably have a great relationship. But other than that incident, so Raya, despite even being disrespected in that moment, finding out on the show that she was disrespected, but then in that moment, that woman was saying, Now I don't feel bad about it, and I'll say it again she kept her cool, she handled herself with such composure, and the funny thing is, I believe she was about seven years younger than the other woman, and that woman came off, uh, Lisa, came off as very aggressive and very tasteless, and Raya's face <laughs> said it all. <laughs> so the funny thing is, later Lisa backtracked and said, oh, you know, my behavior was kind of off because I clearly wasn't myself. I was feeling hormonal and kind of apologized for that, but then stood by attacking the other girl and saying that she would do it again and didn't feel bad for it, which I mean, I can understand being so deep into defending yourself about something, but girl, it made her look so bad. And then another thing that I thought was really funny is then Nick Lachey decides to chime in and say, Oh, my first date with Vanessa was at a Hooters. And I was like... Nick, you should have kept that one to yourself. <laughs> You're telling me this celebrity millionaire man. He was a millionaire with 98 degrees. He, if you don't recall, he was in a boy band. Tons of money. And he's dating, at the time, Vanessa Milano, who was, I believe she was also an MTV VJ. Gorgeous woman. And he decides to take her to Hooters for their first date. So anyway, I felt I just needed to recap the ultimatum. I love me some good trash TV. Let me know. Have you seen it? Do you have thoughts? I want to hear them. And that's all I have for you this week. I think I'm going to go get a frozen pizza. (laughs) I am thinking about food. I am just in the zone right now. It's my last day of vacation. And I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to relax and maybe watch some more Netflix tonight. So as always, thank you so much for joining me. Let me know if you enjoyed my recap and I will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye guys. Oh